We work for Mr. Tunstall as regulators. We regulate any stealing of his property. We're damn good, too. Mr. Tunstall's got a soft spot for runaways, derelicts, vagrant types. But you can't be any geek off the street. Gotta be handy with the steel, if you know what I mean, earn you keep. Hi, this is Marty McFly, and you're listening to Hydrate Level 4. Boy, oh boy, Mom, you sure know how to hydrate a good podcast. Welcome to Hydrate Level 4, and I'm your host, Peter, and joining me for the review of 1988's Western Young Guns from Jay Movie Talks Podcast. How you doing, Jay? I'm doing good, Peter. Thanks for having me on this episode. Yeah, well, thank you for returning to this show. Um, if uh, regular listeners will remember you from our coverage of Angels in the Outfield, for those that check out uh, Original Remake, you were on there with me reviewing um, and comparing the uh, Richard Donner's uh, Superman 2, uh, his cut, and also the original uh, Superman 2. Uh, what, what else have we done? I feel like you've come on before recently oh that's right you did the um the takeover for me so uh, thanks again for doing that you covered uh i think another 1988 film they live that is correct yes and um yeah. I'm, I'm i'm still actually waiting on my payment for that episode so uh, you know i sent it via western union so you're gonna have to get with them and figure out where it is <laughs> uh, uh uh-huh. okay Okay. Yeah, there could be a dude waiting out in the rain looking for you, you know, so uh, if anyone gets that obscure reference. Yeah, um, so was it been yeah. sitting for 70 years or so? Yeah, so something like that. Yeah, there's a bet uh, that someone placed on that, so so we'll see. Okay. All right. Um, so you actually do a few other shows. I, I know I only referenced just that one. So why don't you talk about a couple of the other shows that you do and maybe some uh, other upcoming projects? Well, um, I also um, co-host um, along with Miss um, uh, Keita Hubbard. She's my co-host for both of these other shows. And that's uh, the Keita and Jay show, which is our primary show where we talk about um, mainly wrestling and like other entertainment stuff as well. And then also we review, um, the developmental for, uh, WWE. Uh, we, it's called, well, the podcast is called We Talk NXT, but it's for their NXT brand and everything. And that's just strictly wrestling. We just cover that like a, um, kind of like how you guys over at, um, TV ate my brain do TV shows or whatnot. And it's mm-hmm. just strict. It's like a week by week, um, you know, review of NXT in a sense. And upcoming, uh, me and you are going to partner up for TV Eat My Brain and cover The Walking Dead. So Indeed. Yeah, looking forward to it. I mean, looking forward to covering it with you. I don't know about the season. We'll see. We'll see. Season six was a bit of a downer for me. Just uh, a, a bunch of crap that uh, I wasn't really digging. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, it wasn't as bad as season two, but um, but I would say that it was a little bit better. But from what I'm hearing, that uh, with the addition of uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Negan, that you know, it kind of re- reinvigorated yes. some life into to the series. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's uh, definitely looking forward to him. 
Um, yeah, so so there we go. Keep an eye out uh, for those that want to check us out covering The Walking Dead. Subscribe to TV Eight My Brain. Um, if anyone likes TV shows in general, that's just a great podcast to subscribe to. Just because uh, we have a like road like a bunch of rotating hosts covering all types of shows, uh, literally all types. So uh, give give us a listen. Also, uh, I'll be co- doing a solo cast. Um, on TV at my brain covering the upcoming Timeless uh, on NBC, which is the the time traveling one. Um, and the reason I'm doing solo for the for, for those that is hearing about this for the first time, let's be honest, it, it probably won't last a season. <laughs> so, so I didn't want to do all the hard work of getting somebody to do this with me and then end up uh, uh, canceling after like eight episodes, if that. So we'll see, we'll see. Looking forward to that and all the other time travel TV shows coming out. All right, so the, the uh, Young Guns, uh, 1988. Before we get into the actual review of this movie, what do we like to do on this show, Jay? We like to compare other movies and probably some other stuff that came out around the time that this movie came out in 1988. Indeed. All right, so this movie came out August 12th, 1988, so summer of 88. Uh, the number one song at the time of this movie's release, never heard of it. It's called Roll With It by Steve Winwood. Who the hell is that? You ever heard of this guy? No. I don't know, man. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I was hoping you, you'd know. Uh, Steve Winwood, I've never heard of him, but this song was number one for five weeks. Wow, that must have been a slow, that must have been a slow month and a month or whatnot for... <laughs> I, I guess so, man. Like uh, a, a couple, let me see, uh, let me see. So July, a couple months previously was Dirty Diana, you know, number one um, uh, back in uh, early July. Now, the number one song that preceded it was Richard Marx's Hold On to the Night. Now, I do know Richard Marx. That title doesn't ring a bell, but it could be one of those that like if I heard it, I know it. Um and the number one song that uh, succeeded it was George Michael's Monkey. Hmm. Have you heard of that one? Um, I don't think so. But like you say, it could be one of those that I've yeah. heard, but just don't know it by title. Right, right. Well, the one after uh, after Monkey was Guns N' Roses' Sweet Child of Mine. Now, I know that one. Yeah, I, I know that <laughs> so, one as well. So. Yeah. So okay. So yeah, kind kind of a slow summer. I mean, but but hey, I mean, we we are a little bit younger, so maybe we just don't know those songs. Yeah, I mean, I was so, I was two years old at the time, so. <laughs> so so you don't remember those songs at two years old? No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, some of the movies that came around uh, came out around the summer of '88. Uh, we got uh, let's see here, Rambo Three. Uh, I've heard of her. Yeah, yeah, I've heard, I've heard of her. Uh. Let me see. Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven also came out that year. That's kind of crazy. It's still in the eighties. Uh, that one, I I thought that he went in like well into the nineties. Well, the, uh, the Jason. He, he do, but the like the bulk of the series is all throughout the eighties. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Oh, I guess he started. Wasn't it like in seventy nine? Like the first one. Uh, the first one is nineteen eighty. Oh no, that was Halloween, right? Halloween started. Yeah, okay, started, so Halloween yeah. started in. There we go. Okay, uh, Poltergeist three. Mm, 
Oh man, yeah, that's you kind of the horror guy too. Did you did you catch that one? Yeah, I did. And the the reason why I kind of groaned a little bit because that's actually the one that Heather O'Rourke she passed away during the filming of Poltergeist Three. So, mm, okay, I literally never heard of her, and that's not to be funny at all. Yeah. Um, was she was she kind of what else was she known for? Well, she, no, she was the little girl from Poltergeist. You know, the blonde haired little girl. I don't know. You probably oh, seen okay. like. Oh, was Whips. she from? Oh, I've seen the first movie because I, I uh, reviewed it for original remake. Yeah, uh, uh, Carol Ann. Oh, okay, she, she's the one uh, in the TV. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so she lasted all three. Okay, hmm, interesting. Yeah. Man, yeah, that's sad. Um, okay, uh, let's try to find some happier movies. How about uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? I remember that one very well. Yeah. Very well, yeah. You got Doc Brown in there with Robert Zemeckis directing. Some of everybody's in that movie. When, when you look at the like the cast for it, there's a lot of people that's in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> yeah, Bob Hoskins uh, come to mind as well. Um, but it, you know, it's been a while actually. Yeah, it, it's probably one. Of, uh, I mean, it's on the list to review eventually. Uh, but that's all I could think of. I'm sure you got a bunch of voice actors as well. Um, Phantasm 2, was that something that you checked out? I actually have not seen any of the Phantasm sequels. I saw, well, any of the Phantasms at all, pretty much. I haven't seen. Oh, okay. Yeah. Me neither. It, that's, that's one of the series that I never really tried watching, but it's like just some old dude, right? It's like the main guy. Like, <laughs> that, yeah, I mean, from, it, from what I heard it is. In comparison to like all the other horror movies, I mean, you got things like Jason and uh, you know Michael Myers and Freddy, and then you got some old man from Phantasm. You, you know, it just doesn't sound as cool. Uh, Short Circuit Two also came out in the summer. Uh, License to Drive, the Corey Haim movie. Actually, matter of fact, Corey Feldman was in that one too. Yeah, the two boys. Yeah, the two Corys was in that. Uh, Die Hard also came out this summer. So there we go. Starting to get something good. Which? Uh, Big uh, Top Pee Wee. Well, sorry to, sorry to cut you off, but uh, I actually just uh, reviewed Die Hard. Me and Keto. Yeah, me you and Keto for uh, mm-hmm. episode 40 of uh, J-Movie Talk. There you go. At the time of this recording, uh, you just released Die Hard. So go and check that out. Um, did you ever watch Big Top Pee Wee? No, I've seen like parts of it, but I never actually saw the whole thing. Okay. I... I think I didn't watch that as much as um, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, but it was definitely one that we also owned. And I don't uh, I remember it not being as good, Uh, but I think I need to revisit that one as well. A couple other movies just to wrap it up. Also, uh, Candy Shack 2 came out. I only saw the first one Uh, and also Cocktail, Tom Cruise. So there we go. (laughs) Cocktail came out. Jesus. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, not a bunch of sexy movies at all. You know what I should have done? The scene that I should have seen the top movies uh, that 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 came out. Uh, maybe that would have been better. Uh, Rain Man, Twins, Big. There we go. See, maybe I should have just done that, man. Yeah. Juice also came out. Scrooge. So there you go. Nineteen eighty-eight. Looking back. All right, man. So Young Guns. Uh, this movie was directed by Christopher Kane. It stars uh, Emilio Estevez as Billy the Kid, Kiefer Sutherland as Doc, Lou Diamond Phillips as uh, Chavez, Charlie Sheen as Dick, Dermot Mulroney as Dirty Steve, Casey, help me out there, Samasco. Uh, 
Um, as, as Charlie? This, uh, I know him as 3D from the Back to the Future franchise. Yeah, well, we'll just call him uh, uh, KCS. How about that? Oh. Charlie. <laughs> or Charlie. KCS as Charlie. <laughs> yeah, Charlie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we got G- General Zod as John Tunstall. <laughs> uh, Jack Palance as Murphy. Terry Quinn as Alex. And I think we'll leave it. Oh, um, yeah, we'll leave it at that. Now, yeah, in watching this movie, I was just like, oh, man, this this is a, a lot of callbacks to like some of the things we did. The very first time we collaborated together was Superman 2. And here we go. We got Terrence Stamp. Um, so that was kind of cool. And again, we did Angels in the Outfield. And this returns um, uh, Dermot Mulroney, who was the father in that movie. Again, he plays Dirty Steve. Uh, anything else we've done that uh, that you were able to point out and say, hey, that, that guy was in a movie we did? Um, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, I th- I, yeah, I think so. I think that's I pretty think much so, yeah. yeah. I don't think any of these guys were like in the movies that I covered on your show. Um, uh, Charlie Sheen, nope, I, I, I don't nope. think so. Nope. Nope. Uh, Jack Palance. Yeah. They, when I saw this, I, I don't I didn't remember Jack Palance was in it. But the first thing it took me was uh, City Slickers. <laughs> did you ever watch that? <laughs> I, I did. <laughs> As Curly. <laughs> yeah. But, so that, that's what I, uh, that, that I, I couldn't get it out of my head that he was Curly. Um, for those that kind of forgot, this uh, this movie is like a retelling of Billy the Kid back in uh, New Mexico. Um, basically we got Terrence Stamp who plays like, uh, this Englishman who educates, uh, these, these, uh, young men. And he's also a cattle rancher in Lincoln County. Um, there's competition between Mr. Tunstall, again, Terrence Stamp, and also, uh, Jack Palance's character, um, Murphy. And there is, uh, Terrence Stamp gets murdered. And then these uh, group of young men called the Regulators, they get deputized um, to basically take down Murphy and his men for for killing Tunstall. Um, And throughout this movie, Billy the Kid Kid gets a little trigger happy. And because of this, they become the hunted. Um, Is that pretty much it? Did I miss anything on that? Um, That kind of sums up like the main plot or whatnot or like what sets everything in motion of why you know what everything is just these guys you know like you said earlier they basically were like young men who were basically like they were like delinquents in a sense and Tunstall you know yeah. he, he, he brings them in and kind of domesticate them educate them you know teach them how to read and stuff like that he basically was a good person you know trying mm-hmm. to help these guys and of course Murphy you know he just wants to be this uh, nasty you know, nasty old man who just wants to rule everything. And he basically, like I say, well, he has his men kill Tunstall because of, um, he trying to take over everything in that, in that County in a sense. So yeah, that, that, that was always an interesting scene to me when, when, uh, Tunstall gets killed because of how he sends, he, he, you know, he sends them all off and he's sitting up there and Billy, he looks back and, and, you know, the guys ride up behind Tunstall and just he has this moment like this was his, you know, moment of where he realized that he was going to die. And I don't know, it's just something about that scene that was kind of stuck with me every time I watched the movie. Yeah, that scene, like 
I like how he, he knew. He knew that there was an ambush coming. So he, uh, I think the last one to have stayed with him was Billy. And he tells Billy to go ahead. Hey, go go, go have fun with the other guys. And um, at that point, you know, they, they were too far away and uh, unable to come to come save him, basically. Uh, one thing I forgot to ask was, is this a movie that you grew up watching? Like, do you remember this much at all from your childhood? Oh, I watched, I watched this one a lot because I'm a huge Western fan. So this was always one of the ones like in a rotation for me watching as a kid, especially on TV. Because a lot of movies that I saw as a kid, I always saw them on TV. And this was one that played a lot on TV. So it was always a heavy rotation. And so basically, I could pretty much say I've been watching it almost my whole life. So Okay. Yeah, it's not one I I I, I could probably I I would say that I've seen this movie like less than uh like seven or eight times uh, I would say throughout my life. Um, the last time I watched it was probably a hmm, quite a bit ago, probably high school. I want to say it's the last time I seen this. Maybe maybe even before then, maybe before high school. Sometime I was a teenager is the last time I seen this movie. That last time I seen it was when I was like, oh, crap. You know, they got that line from the regulator song from this movie. <laughs> and in reviewing yep. this, I didn't realize how early that damn line was. It, it was like like in the first 10 minutes. You know, I was just like, yep. oh, wow, there, here we go. There's that line. Uh, kind of kind of crazy, too, because like uh, for me growing up, I, I heard the song regulators first. Um, well, no. No, I saw the movie first, but when Regulars came out, I didn't know that it was from Young Guns, you know, because I hadn't seen it, seen that movie that often. And then when I watched mm-hmm. it, you know, knowing the song Regulators, you hear the uh, that line spoken by Charlie, you're like, oh, wow, you know, it really sticks out. Yeah, and, and, and kind of funny about that, he actually did not know that 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 line was used in Warren G. So, and he never even heard of the oh. song, so... <laughs> I wonder if that's something that where like he could have gotten royalties from, but probably, you know, maybe it was like a fair use or something like that. But how do you not hear regulators? I mean, that's a pretty that's a pretty iconic song, I would think. Yeah, but I mean, you know, he I mean, he probably was, you know, like deep in his career or whatnot. And I'm pretty sure no one probably told him. So because none of his friends probably even heard the song. I mean, we talk yeah. about War G. This is West yeah. Coast rap. So I, <laughs> sure, I, I sure, don't sure. think. I don't think I don't think Charlie was listening to West Coast rap at that time or something. So. You don't think so? All right, all right. Nah. Well, I might have to tweet at him just to just to ask him though. But Casey <laughs> himself, he 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 has a very extensive list in acting too, so very impressive. So I I could definitely see that. But I know as a kid, I'm just like, man, how how would you not know that? That's that's to me anyway. That is a pretty iconic song. I am from the uh, from the West Coast. But speaking of regulators, is it me? Or, but I didn't like that they had a name, you know, like they were called the regulators like before they even became actual regulators. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I think in the movie they did that just to let the the audience know, you know, OK, this is who it is. I think it was more done so for the audience, because um, as far as like an actual history, people that were considered regulators was more like. You know, like as far as uh, like vigilantes, almost in a way, opposed mm-hmm. to like how it's portrayed in the movie. So they, I guess, there was a little. They wanted to make it more. They didn't want to go too deep into trying to explain it through the course of the movie or what exactly regulators were. So I guess from the jump, just okay, they're regulators, and we would just leave it at that type of deal. That's that's my take from that. 
Yeah, it just bugged me anytime they're like, all right, regulators, saddle up, you know, and all that. It just, it just bothered me. And anytime I say regulators, I just want to start saying that line too, you know, from, from the song. Um, all right, let's t- talk about some of the characters here. Uh, we talked a little bit about Billy. The first time we see him, he's actually being chased. And that's when, um, Tunstall and, uh, Doc, they, they find him. And then that's, that's when they bring him in. So when, when he gets, uh, when he meets the, the rest of the group, they find out that he, uh, you know, he can read, uh, pretty well, actually, very well. Uh, I think yep. Doc is really the only other one that, uh, reads just as well as he does. But, uh, what do you think about, like, the regulators as general? Like, do you, do you have, like, um, what are your thoughts on some of the, the guys? Like, watching this movie, I, it was kind of weird because Dermot Mulroney, his character of Dirty Steve, it's like a really, really small role. He has very little lines in the movie. Yeah, he do, and and I mean he, I mean he is called dirty for a reason because he, the man is practically covered in dirt pretty much the whole movie. <laughs> and even yeah. when he, even when yeah. he tried to clean up, he's still dirty. So it's like, gee, you're just, you're just a dirty dude, man. It's like, yeah. you know, yeah. it's like no matter how well he tried to clean himself up, he's still he's still dirty, which always got to just made me laugh at that, but. What's funny about it, even though he's called uh, Dirty Steve in the movie, he's re- he's referenced to as Dirtface. They never actually call him Dirty Steve in the movie. I don't know mm. if he called that. But uh, as far as the the rest of, I mean, Lou Diamond Phillips as Chavez, he's he's like, I mean, you could almost say he has somewhat of a small type role in the movie because he really doesn't do a whole lot in the movie either. I mean, yeah, he had like certain moments, but as far as like, I mean, your main focus really was like Billy, uh, Charlie Sheen, Kiefer Sutherland. Those were your like three main. And then I would probably say Charlie is next. And then after that is the other guys in a way. But um, I mean, I thought it was a good like mixture of talent. Um, We got to see everyone kind of have a moment in the movie, even though like, like I say, some of the other ones don't have big moments, but everyone kind of got a moment to mm-hmm. shine as well, which I kind of like that. It was, it, it's played more like an ensemble, even though you have your leader, you, you know who the lead guys are, but it's, it's played like an ensemble between them. Everybody has a moment to shine. So that's one thing I kind of like. And actually doc was actually my favorite. So oh, was he? Okay. Yeah. Uh, doc, I wouldn't say he, Hmm. I did not like his story with uh, Yen Soon. I was that indignant. You know what? Maybe it's her. So Yen Yen Soon is this uh, Chinese Chinese girl. Let's call her a girl. That uh, Murphy Jack Palance's character. He took her basically as a payment um, from her parents because like something about his shirt or something, or like they ruined his shirt, and so he took her as payment or something. Yeah, some and uh, she's in a sense basically his um, lover. You know, it's, it's implied mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatnot. Oh yes. It's, so so, yeah. so right there, he's the creepy old man. So when I looked up, because I when I looked through the like the cast and everything, and when I got to her, I go, oh, what else has she been in? She was actually in House Party Two, and I'm like, I do not remember her in that movie at all. So I might have to watch House Party Two just to see if I can see her face or something because i was like the hell i don't remember her being at house party too yeah i i don't remember house party too very much at all um so i definitely wouldn't remember her 
but I, I, she doesn't look familiar uh, either. So I, 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 th- I think I've seen her name before in something recent, but I can't put my hands on it. But I just, I, I didn't really care for this uh, subplot, you know, of uh, Doc trying to woo this, this, uh, this Chinese sex slave, you know. And um, the scene that bothered me the most is when he tries to go rescue her from Murphy, you know, because she's like trying to fight him off, and she has this notion, uh, well, because of Murphy, that that these regulators are really bad guys. Yeah. And then he's like, no, no, I'm a poet. And, uh, you know, <laughs> he got us all wrong kind of deal. And then she she delivers this line about, like, I I kept your flowers in a room in my head. I'm like, what 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 is what does that even mean? Like I I just thought <laughs> I thought it was a really bad line and the um the, just the line delivery is just I I didn't think that that scene was just not working for me. You know, I was not there for it at all. But um I I just want to quickly go back to what you were saying about how some of the characters they have like a scene to shine. Um, Lou Diamond Phillips, we talk about Chavez having like, he is that trope where he is like the minority, right? That is kind of soft spoken. You know, he's got his uh, scene where he makes peyote. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit here. But my favorite scene is the scene where his character is the only one that gets a backstory. And yeah. like Lou Diamond Phillips kind of kills it too. He gets in this heart wrenching story as to why. Uh, or actually what happened to his family and um yeah it's uh it was something you know and Lou Diamond Phillips like start you know it starts tearing up t- telling the story and then like Billy the Kid oh, good old Emilio there he's just kind of like all nonchalant and like it doesn't uh, it doesn't seem to affect the other guys so I'm a little curious as far as uh, the direction of that particular scene as to why did the guys play it that way where uh, they weren't sympathetic to Chavez um but I also too like you didn't catch the new Magnificent Seven, did you? Not yet. I'm actually as of this recording, I have not seen it. But I plan on going okay. to see it um, my next day off. So okay for for those interested, I, I did a uh, instant review uh, after the movie um, uh, recently. So check out the feed if you're interested in that. But uh, in there, and this isn't spoiling anything either. There's a um, there is a a Mexican character that's part of the Magnificent Seven and uh, Chris Pratt's character, they have a uh, this button relationship just like Dirty Steve and Chavez in here as well. So it's very similar to, to the way how they uh, interact with one another. But uh, I, I forgot to tell you about this beforehand, but I was going to you know, try to have a little fun to see if we can come up with some like a uh, alternative title for this movie. Since there's like six of them, I was thinking like the sadistic six or something. Like I don't know, I was trying to think of something, but they're really not that bad. Uh, these guys, it's really like the the silly ass six. Yeah, <laughs> really, yeah. <laughs> silly ass six. Yeah, you can say that. Yeah, they all. I mean, I mean, the only one that's really well, I should say two. Well, no, because. Cause Doc, he's kind of naive to a lot of stuff. So I would say the only one that was like really serious was um, was Charlie Sheen character of uh, Richard. He mm-hmm. he was the you know mm-hmm. the most serious. What everybody else was like cut up that he had to kind of keep in line. So <laughs> so yeah, it was like a silly ass six. Yeah, yeah. And the Charlie Sheen says we're talking about him, uh, Richard, aka Dick. That's what um, Billy the Kid calls him. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of neutral with his character. I didn't really care for him, but you can tell he's a, a bit of a coward, always kind of sending Billy to go out and do things. Like uh, the first time he has, um, oh gosh, what is it? Uh, I'm, I'm mixing up the times, but I, I want to talk about the part where there's this, uh, this, this guy that has a, well, the regulators, they have a warrant for the arrest of Buckshot Roberts. And uh, Buckshot here, he finds them. And this is probably one of my first favorite scenes here when he shows up and the regulator's like, oh, hey, we got this warrant to arrest you. He's like, you know, um, Billy, the kid's got, you know, X amount of bounty for his head and the rest of y'all got like, is like a hundred. So, so let's dance. And I love that. <laughs> and they get into a shootout. But, um, Buckshot Roberts, apparently they say that he's killed like more men than the smallpox or something yeah. like that. <laughs> Yeah, he supposed to be like this so, ultimate badass or something. So. Right, but then his dumb badassness, like he 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 runs into a portal potty, like like do you you just like signed your own death certificate by doing that, you know, uh, which I thought was extremely dumb on his part, and so so this was one example where Dick was like, hey yo Billy. I dare, I dare you to go over there and shoot him. Like, like I, that was a dumb line, but that that's just like, I, I think that speaks to Dick's character, you know, just him kind of being a coward. And it's funny because there's always this um, tension between him and Billy as far as like who kind of leads, you know, because like mm-hmm. uh, Dick is like, well, you're a newcomer kind of deal. And, but, but Billy's like, well, I'm the one who's getting all the, the fame according to these newspapers. People are like, referencing me you know to these killings you know but but they're also using dick's picture you know so th- that also speaks to the times where you can't fact check things right so you get like you know the pictures of people and also their names wrong so uh, mm-hmm. i kind of do like that element as well um let's see here what do you think about oh, you know i want to hear you elaborate a little bit more on doc's character since he's your favorite well the thing about Doc was is that when you when you look at him, um, as far as like I said, the movie goes, he he really should not have been a part of the regulator group. When you think about troubled youth and this, that, and the other, when you just like I said, just face value of looking at his character. But when you kind of learn a little bit more about the real Josiah Doc Scurlock or whatnot, he was kind of this ruthless guy in a sense but he had this soft side to him so he kind of had this you know like a yin yang to his personality in a way um and what was funny about it too in real life um doc was actually the oldest of these uh regulators he was old he was mm-hmm. 32 he was 32 at the time and what's funny about that is um Kiefer Sutherland in real life was actually the youngest of the six guys in the movie so I always kind of thought that was got a little funny. That, that but, is funny, and I, I wonder if um, maybe that's why Kiefer is also the only one with like facial hair, pretty much like real facial hair. Everyone else got like, uh, well, I guess Charlie kind of has a uh, facial hair as well, but that's maybe to to make him look a bit a little bit older too. Yeah, but I mean, but the thing about Doc was um, he, I guess what I liked about him, he was always he was somewhat of the conscience of the group mm-hmm. in a way. And particularly in the scene that, you know, right before the whole um, interaction with Buckshot Roberts, when they're inside and eating and the whole tension is really building between uh, Dick and uh, Billy. And they like they're going to go outside and handle this after they're done eating and everything. And the way Doc, he just sitting there, um, 
can you pass the gravy and everything just like he <laughs> you know he's just kind of you know just kind of playing it cool or whatnot because he knows he's like he figuring out oh, he just sitting here they just talking or whatnot so yeah. we're not gonna really take this serious but i think that's also too why dick kind of tells billy to go get uh buckshot because i think he was trying to get him killed in a sense <laughs> he, was, mm, okay. he was really okay. trying to get him killed and of course that kind of goes the other way where you know dick gets killed so um but yeah i mean that's one thing kind of and the way Kiefer he plays it because if you remember at that time at least in 88 at that time he was primarily known for playing bad guys you know he played the the bad lead vampire in mm-hmm. um the lost boys he played right. the leader of the uh the gang and stand by me you know and everything so he was known for more of a bad guy in movies so with young guns he playing a nice guy so i think that was one thing you got to see him you know a little different or whatnot so that's one thing i was like i always like Kiefer's performance in this movie so that's kind of why he's my favorite of the group yeah i don't know what it is but like um in this movie in particular this is where he looks the most like his dad donald sutherland you know yeah. like uh he he's always looked like his dad, but in this movie, I don't know if he's just kind of thinner and younger. But he, uh, because Donald Sutherland is known to be a very thin man as well. Like you know, he's never mm-hmm. ever really been big as like um you know in any of the movies I've seen him. But like even now, uh, Kiefer, you know, he's he's not as thin anymore. But he's he's not fat or anything. But um, you know, he his face has definitely kind of you know got you know age right. He, he's, yeah. he's grown up. And, you know, he's even bigger than his dad. But, like, I, I think, you know, maybe his thinness right here really, really makes him look like his, his father. Um, now, uh, Terrence Stamp, I know we we don't get a whole lot of Tunstall, but um, did you buy the relationship between him and, and the regulators as this man who's educating them? Um, not really. Um, and I guess that's because I know... A little bit more about the real story of uh, John Tunstall. Um, okay. The, I mean, like from the history side of it, John Tunstall actually was not that much older than the regulators. I think oh, actually wow. he, I think Doc was was actually like a few years older than him. Matter mm. of fact, in real, yeah, in real life. But as far as, I mean, so I understand why they kind of went with Terrence Stamp playing the part because he's supposed to be like an older, wiser guy that's teaching these young guys or whatnot. So that makes sense. But right. because right. we don't get a lot of interaction with Tunstall and these guys, yeah, we get like a few scenes, you know, like when they was at the house and everything and they sitting around for dinner, sitting around eating, reading and stuff like that. And then at the New Year's Eve party, but they're all kind of scattered around. But we don't get to spend too much time with Tunstall and these guys to understand why they're so loyal to him and everything and why they feel they need to avenge his death. So, I mean, I wish I, I wish could have like gave us a little bit more, you know, interaction with them before he's killed off, because then I think that would have made his death even more impactful. Mm hmm. I, I agree with that, and I just looked it up. Um, he is credited for being the first man killed in the Lincoln County War. Do you want to take a guess at how old he was when he died? Um, could I say Doc was was supposed to be thirty two? So I want to say he's probably like twenty eight, twenty nine, something like that. Twenty four. Twenty four. Wow. Oh my huh. gosh! Is that crazy? <laughs> Wait, twenty four. <laughs> Keep he was 24. 20. Yeah. Keep um, 24. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, uh, uh, Tunstall. Tunstall was 24 when he died. 
No, no, I'm just making a oh, connection. Oh, Tw- oh I got Tulsa you. Was 24, yeah. and Keaton Sullivan was on TV show 24, so, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Spurlock, Doc here, he lived to be 80, so good for him. That's crazy. Yeah. I should have done a little bit more research. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I didn't realize how, um, like, how, I, I guess this has also been considered, like, the most accurate you know, and I'm I'm sure it's like still loosely based, but this is the most accurate of uh of the telling of the ability the kids um uh story. So yeah, that's that's really interesting. Um the, the, the relationship with the regulators, I think the only one that I really buy is Charlie. You know, and I'm harking back to the scene where they're at uh this like town get together, you know, there's music and there's drinking mm. and um there's this uh I think like somebody bumps into Tunstall or something and he th- there's some exchange of words and then Charlie comes to the rescue and because like the the guy that bumps into Tunstall he says something like hey me and you you know or something and Charlie comes up he's like no it's you and I ain't that yep. right Mr. Tunstall you know I I dig that scene that was really good that worked for me and that really like um I, I really bought into that relationship in particular you know, and we we get a really nice scene of uh, Charlie just beating down this really tall guy, um, you know, in defense of Tunstall. So I like that. The one I bought the least was was probably Billy the Kid uh, hey. in Tunstall. I think it's just because like, he was so new. Like we didn't um, basically. OK, th- this is what I got from it. Tunstall saves Billy, brings in Billy. Billy already knows how to read, so he can't really teach him that. And then, then we cut to the night that, or the the day that uh, uh, Tunstall is murdered, and Billy's the last one to see him there. That's pretty much I get the gist of like of of their relationship. So I wasn't quite. I, I guess I'm trying to figure out why. Well, it's Billy's story. I I felt like they should have maybe worked on the relationship between the two. So did you take it a different way? No, I, I mean, I agree with that. And that's kind of the reason why I said they, if they would have expanded more like with scenes with them, because it I mean, just from the small interaction that we get of Tunstall and Billy is that Billy kind of looked at Tunstall as a father figure, because if you remember the part when when they hand the newspaper to Billy to read and he after he's done reading his section, you know, Tunstall, he gets up and he gives him that, you know, that kind of a fatherly pat on the head and walks away. And Billy kind of has this look of, you know, of. Well, I've never had this before. This is new feelings for me or whatnot. So he, he kind of looks at Tunstall as a father figure. So I guess when he sees him killed is that's taken away, you know, something that he's never had in his life in a way. So, but is the way it's done is like for anyone who probably could miss that. It, it doesn't really, you know, keeps a connection or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about uh, some of the uh, favorite scenes. Mine is one scene in particular. It's when they're uh, at this, at this, uh, is it a brothel? You know where they try to go get Charlie laid, but he ends up like just um holding the uh, yeah. this, this prostitute. Okay, so I I didn't think of it as a brothel just because it was like one woman like in that t- entire building, but um all the guys are like downstairs drinking and Charlie's upstairs uh, with with the woman there, and then like this guy uh, he's over at the bar. Oh, okay, I guess he is with another woman, uh, this young lady. But there's a man, you know, he's just running his mouth talking about how he's gonna get Billy the kid. <laughs> And so, so Emilio walks over to the bar. He's like, "Are you really gonna kill Billy the Kid?" Does a horse piss where she pleases? 
Yeah, if he's man enough to come around here. Is that the gun you're gonna shoot him down with? Can I touch him? Please? You know, sir, I, I do admire you, and I sure would like to touch the gun that's gonna kill Billy the Kid. You know Iron Boy? Yes, sir. Go ahead, then. Have a look. Pass her back. That there gun killed Ed Rollins. Is that right? Hey, barkeep, let's have a little round of uh, stone fence for every little lady in the house. OK, pass it back, son. Stroke a gun like that, you might as well be stroking a man's woman. Pass it up. be on your way before you get hurt. Um, I'm leaving right now and uh, want to know what to look for in case I run into him. I'll come back and tell you. He's a good-looking kid. Away with the women. <laughs> Dresses like a dandy and he's a left-hander. People say he's fond of whistling sad ballads. Now, uh, you get out there in the street and you see somebody that fits that bill, well, you just come whispering to me. I see him. Right there, right there. Don't you see him? <laughs> Is that so now? You know, boy, I'm getting a little tired of your wise lip. Now, you, uh, you get yourself someplace else before I <laughs> have to drop your britches in front of all these fine ladies and uh, spank your little bottom blue. Sure, you are a testy little cuss. And the way Emilio plays him is like it's super hilarious. I, I that's just probably one of my favorite scenes uh, of the movie. Yeah, I, I, mean, I enjoyed that scene a lot too. And then the reaction of the other guys kind of just watching him because he he tells I think the guy's telling the story about he it's the the gun that he has is the gun that killed somebody and the way Billy turns back and look at everybody else and like mouths yeah. some bullshit like because <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. He killed dude. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just and then of course I mean the sadistic ending to that is that Billy ends up killing him. <laughs> so that was kind yeah. of so it's kind of a, a twisted way how that's played out. It was it was pretty great. I, I do like that that yeah when he looks over and is like yeah whatever and then he's like hey doc what is that twenty five he's like oh no I, I think that's five he's like mm, we'll call it ten oh, ten <laughs> yep. so it's the whole exaggeration like you say you can't fact check stuff so you can just say anything and people believe it pretty back much. at that time well even now to some degree so yeah uh, Wikipedia credits him has uh, he is known to have only killed eight men. Uh, which is uh, very interesting. But um, I'm looking at this uh, picture they got on Wikipedia, and it's the same picture that he actually, uh, that B Billy the Kid takes in the movie as well, where he hands it to Alex. So that's mm -hmm. kind of cool that they recreated that. It's kind of like, um, I would compare it to like the infamous picture of like Lee Harvey Oswald. 
you know, of him in like the newspaper and stuff. It, it's kind of like that. So they recreated that picture of the actual Billy the Kid too, like wearing the hat with the with the uh, the shotgun. You know, he's holding. So, so that's really cool. Yep. Uh, so uh, you got anything else to say about this movie? Um. Well, I mean, we we, we kind of have to talk about the peyote scene real quick. Oh yes, we do. I you know <laughs> I I teased it earlier and forgot to go back. You know what? I didn't remember that it played as long as it did, but Jesus Christ, it, that that scene was like ten minutes long. <laughs> but maybe it didn't help that it was played at like half speed too. But yeah, um, you know we we got the scene where like Chavez is walking around, you know, uh, gathering all these little ingredients to make peyote. But uh, what what did you think of it? The, the peyote scene i mean it is it's one of those scenes it's a surreal type scene because you have you got doc he's basically trying to come up with a poem for uh, yensu mm-hmm. um and <laughs> you know you're my butterfly she's mine you know that whole type of thing yeah, he's yeah, standing yeah. There with that and then you have you got charlie who's who's just kind of i guess waking up or whatnot and he throws up and then it's like he feels better after that or whatnot and then the whole thing with dirty steve he just like basically having a a bad trip or something because he yelling and screaming it but my favorite <laughs> thing from that is he's like hey dog you see the size of that chicken <laughs> and he's just <laughs> shooting a shotgun and it's like what the hell it's like steve is just he just lost it at that point <laughs> he, yeah. he just but the only one, the only one that didn't, you know, really full, you know, have any effect on, of course, was Dick. And you can kind of see he's the one that gets killed. So, so yeah. I always kind of felt like that was like a little interesting mm. as well. So yeah, yeah, that is actually, um, yeah, I, I think Steve was the most hilarious. Uh, I think my favorite uh, peyote reaction was uh, was from Billy the Kid. You know, where he's like, he's practicing drawing his gun. And then at one point, like, he draws his gun and then, like, the gun, like, flies up into to the air. He's like, where did it go? <laughs> so, like, he lost his gun. And then when they saddle up, he's the one guy that's, like, sitting backwards on his horse. <laughs> yeah, and then when they ride through the, uh, little, like, the uh, the Indian, um, you know, town or whatnot, he's like, he's like, hello, sir, did you know we're in the spirit world? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and everything. Yeah, like, good. He, and it, it just, I mean, it just, yeah, it's one of those scenes that never gets old. I mean, you could just pull up on like YouTube or something like that and just watch it. Don't even have to know the context of the movie. You just be like, what the hell is this? Type yeah. Of deal. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just funny. Um, what I'm probably going to do is like, I, I, I do like the, the doc trying to come up with like a poem to see if I can try to, you know, I'm going to see if I can get a clip of that and play it at regular speed to see if we can actually catch it. Yeah. It's like a butterfly. Butterfly flies to a flower, stays with it. <laughs> Doesn't know why, just feels it. Oh yeah, she's she's my flower, and I'm her. Um, one interesting note that I saw like on Wikipedia is that Billy the Kid died at 21. Um, mm-hmm. so, ew, well, yeah, very, so very they say, so they say, uh, you know, 
Uh, I know we got Young Guns <laughs> 2 as well. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and call it here. But if you want, man, we'll, we'll do uh, Young Guns 2 in the very near future. Hey, I'm, I'm up for it because so, there's, there's quite a bit I have to say about that movie. So. Good, good. Okay, yeah. So uh, I'll be interested. Um, so uh, yeah, definitely near future because I got some other stuff lined up right now. So it probably won't be uh, that close to each other. But uh, anyone interested in that, I we will eventually cover Young Guns too. Uh, so you want to get into ratings? Sure. Um, I mean, after watching the movie again, um, I think because it has been a while since I last watched it before I did it for this episode. So. My rating of it was actually a little higher, but um, I mean, how you want to do this? Uh, alphabet or numbers? Oh, like, uh, numbers. Yeah, one through five. One through five. Um, I would say that it is a solid, like three and a half. Okay. For for me, um, just because it is, even though it's a western, but it, it is somewhat kind of dated in a way, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Um. But I actually, and I don't know, maybe when we do Young Guns 2, um, my rating of that might actually change. But from right now, I actually kind of like Young Guns 2 a little bit more. Because this one is almost kind of slow in a sense. Yeah, there's there's action and everything through it, but it's it, it kind of plays a little slower in a sense. Yeah. And so that, that's kind of why I kind of bring it down just a little bit. Because originally I had it like at a four, four and a half. Mm. So... So, okay. yeah, it kind of comes down the whole point. I actually agree with you on everything you said. I am also going with a three and a half. Like, when I was watching it, I was like, man, I remember this being good. Like, this, this is like at least a four, right? And then at the end of it, I go, no, you know, it's a, it's a pretty good solid three and a half. Like, I, I didn't even really have to think um, uh, much about it. You said that it, it seems kind of dated. What dates it is the damn score. Like, the score is so <laughs> 90s, man. Yeah. There's like... um. It, it's like they took a like like a like a pop band and they they like intertwined some like a banjo you know and yeah the the music dates the movie to the 90s yeah you know, and I did not like that um I also find the movie slow like the pacing uh could, could be tweaked a little bit I, I found the pacing extremely um slow and it wasn't quite working for me it's very light on the action as well I was really not really feeling the movie until we got like the scene where they meet um you know buckshot uh but you know the name here let me Roberts. give him that okay buckshot roberts yeah so it was that scene and also that bar scene that was really when i got into the movie you know uh, ultimately leading into like the big shootout at the end which uh i i think i think everybody just um you know likes the ending basically the first third of the movie I didn't really care about at all. So, yeah, I think three and a half. Uh, I think maybe that's another reason I want to check out Young Guns 2, just to see if I can grade it on a curve. And and uh, hopefully hopefully part two is better. If, if you kind of remember, you know, the second one being slightly better, uh, I, I would definitely like that. Because I, 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 too, like Westerns. I just um, haven't seen a whole lot, but I do enjoy me a good Western. Okay. So... So there we go, uh, three and a half from the both of us. So Jay, why don't you go ahead and uh, uh, pimp out some of your shows and where listeners can find you? Well, uh, you can check out, um, well, first I'll start with my solo show, Jay Movie Talk. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jay Movie Talk, where I post pretty much daily um, and very interactive with everyone on there. But um, 
like uh, we talked about earlier, uh, as of this recording, episode 40 of um, J Movie Talk, where I reviewed Die Hard, um, which was a fun episode to do. Um, and then probably after this recording, you can check out episode 41, where I'm into October now. So we are, you know, full on to horror stuff. So for the month of October, it's nothing but horror stuff. 31 days of horror. And I did episode 41, where I re- um, did a top 10 countdown of favorite horror sequels. And you can find it on iTunes, Stitcher and SoundCloud. Um, also, you can check out the Keaton J show. Um, as well, that's K-E-D-A, the letter N, J-A-Y show, where we do all of our wrestling stuff. Um, matter of fact, we just celebrated our one year anniversary of doing the Keita and Jay show, which oh, was a fun episode. Thank you, sir. Um, and then also, too, for the We Talk NXT, we just celebrated the one year for that as well, um, because we kind of started all the podcasts like almost like a month apart from each other so mm-hmm. that's why the whole one years is so close to each other because I, I well i forgot to mention too um episode 41 of movie talk is my one year for that as well but i didn't really oh, nice. kind of i didn't really go into it i probably wait to like maybe episode 50 to kind of more of a celebration of movie talk but uh but yeah you can check all of our content out on itunes stitcher and soundcloud like say so just type in um keaton j um and the whole playlist, it comes up with everything because basically all of our shows are on one uh, feed and everything like that. So you can definitely check out those episodes. All right. And Jay, I want to thank you again for uh, coming on the show to uh, review this with me. Uh, one of many. Uh, obviously, we'll be collaborating a lot more in the future. So uh, thanks again for coming on the show here. Hey, no problem. I mean, anytime, anytime you call to say, let's uh, do an episode or something, I'm always there. I mean, I always right, enjoy man. it. I always enjoy it. All right, man. I appreciate that. All right. Uh, for my stuff, obviously, Hydrate Level 4 and Original Remake both can be uh, found out following films. Jay, you mentioned uh, your shows, um, you know, hitting uh, one year. Well, We Got Five on Core10Parts.com is, uh, just had its one year as well. Um, and also, I do Back to the Future, the animated series on BarrenSpace.com. Uh, you can, uh, you know, you can find me and Jay on the um, uh, the coverage of Walking Dead coming up shortly here at the time of this recording. That's going to be on the TV at My Brain podcast. I'll also be covering Timeless by myself. Um, and also Corten Parts has a new music podcast called Music Ate My Brain. And the first two episodes feature me, you know, uh, uh, the very first episode I covered with uh, guest host Xavier. We reviewed the Suicide Squad album. And then the second episode uh, was with T from Phantom City. We reviewed the um, the Get Down soundtrack, which was a, a Netflix original show. So if you guys... It- you know, if you guys are interested in any of my content, give me a like on Facebook because I post everything that I do on there. Guest appearances, um, episodes on any other podcast. So check all of that um, or like the Facebook page. Uh, that that would really help me out. But then also that's just the best source to get all of my content. All right. So uh, until the next episode for Jay, I'm Peter and this is Hydrate Level 4. It's all-